1: Brian, uh, one thing that is super consistent that we do every single week, because this matters so much, we always talk about trying to make teams offensively one-dimensional, and I don't think Clemson is any different in that regard, because when I look at their offense and I say, Cape Klubnik I think will eventually be a good quarterback, there's no doubt, but he's struggling. But the two players that I look at and say, those guys can give you some issues, especially if they get rolling, they get downhill, and they get some easy running lanes. It's so the two running backs, and obviously, right now, it seems like it might be a game time decision with Will Shipley in proto- in concussion protocol, to whether he's going to play or not. There hasn't been an announcement one way or the other. But even without Will Shipley, you still have Phil Maffa, who's a very good running back, a 230-pound plugger at six foot one, two thirty, and you have potentially Will Shipley in this football game as well. Clemson, in order to help this passing attack out. The ability to run the football would be a big boost to their offensive structure in general. Notre Dame is going to have to stop this run game on Saturday because one, Will Shipley and Phil Moff are very good players, very talented players, I should say. Offensive line-wise, though, Clemson's struggling, man. Like they're not a great unit this so far this year. They are struggling to get generate enough push up front to consistently create running lanes for their two very good running backs. Notre Dame needs to make the team one-dimensional. They need to dominate the run game this week defensively.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: For some reason, Ryan, Clemson just concerns me in that regard. They do because I look at the film and I look at the stats, and it's everything that you, you 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 talk about. I mean, they they had 207 against Wake Forest, but they only went for 4.93 per carry. They ran for 213 against Duke. They haven't been that team in a long time, and and so when I when I look at this team and and I see. You know, Florida State, they went for 146, Syracuse 126, 31 against Miami, only 101 last week against NC State. And, 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 the, and the stats tell you this should be a dominant performance from Notre Dame and, you know, shutting down the run game. But when I look at Clemson, the reason it concerns me, and you mentioned some of it, Ryan mentioned some of it. It is the fact that they have talented backs, even if Will Shipley doesn't play, they still have talented backs. You have a quarterback that can make plays with his legs, and I think they're going to to tap into that a little bit in this game. And and I and I see them doing some read zone and some different things where, you know, they try to get slow because like we talk a lot about Notre Dame needing to like you know, mess with the eye discipline of the other team and and impact their reads and slow them down. Notre Dame is a very aggressive downhill team. One of the things that I promise you, Clemson is going to do in this game is some quarterback runs and some quarterback read zone type stuff that takes advantage of Notre Dame's aggressive defense. They're going to do it. You've got to be able to shut that down. But the other thing, too, is I just look at this offensive line, and and I know it's struggling, and it's struggling a lot because it's young. You know, Will Putnam's a good center. They're really young at tackle. They're pretty young at guard. They've had some issues at guard. Marcus Tate's not a young guy, but Tristan Lee's a redshirt sophomore. They just put him in the starting lineup at guard a week ago. He had been playing a lot of left tackle. They play Harris Sewell a lot as a true freshman. He'll rotate in at guard and play. But I look at it and I'm like, but it's got talent. And that's why I thought this team would be better running the football this year is because I really like the talent. And I just get concerned about this being the week where the talent arises. And that's honestly my biggest concern with the whole, the whole game is that when it comes to this matchup between the Notre Dame defense and the Clemson offense, is this can't be the week you let them wake up. It can't. This is this can't be the week where you say where you, where Clemson says, hey, we figured it out. We found the right buttons to push. And and you need to make sure that you shut them down and and don't let their run game get going. That's going to be a very important part of this game. Key number two is going to be getting Cade Klubnick out of sync. That's going to be a big key in this game. I mean, you're talking about a young kid with a lot of talent. I know people are down on him and they're, you know, now they're taking shots. Oh, he was overrated. He was this. He was that. And I, I don't believe he's overrated. I believe he's a kid with a lot of ability, a lot of talent. He's had some very good productive games this year. He made some big time throws against Florida State. You know, Kid passed for 283 yards against Florida State, completed 65% of his passes. Threw for 314 yards against Miami, hit some big plays down the field, threw for 315 against Charleston Southern. Threw for 263 against Syracuse. You know, kid's made some big time plays this season in, in the throwing game, but he's also made a lot of mistakes. And he's a kid that's dangerous with his legs, you know, and 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 those are things that you just you have to prevent him from getting comfortable. When you have a talented but young and relatively still inexperienced quarterback, you can't let him get into into rhythm. You you can't. And to me, points one and two kind of play together because we say this all the time. If you shut down the run game, that tends to lead to, with aggressiveness and great play from the D-line, that tends to lead to then also being successful getting to the quarterback. That was true against USC. It was true against Pitt last week, where, yes, the, the goal on downs one and two is to shut down the run game, but you keep going if it's going to be a pass game situation. And so to me, uh, that's going to be a big part of this is just in, in order to keep him out of uh, out um, out of sync is going to be getting into situations where you're dominating line of scrimmage, you're shutting down the run game, but then when the pass game comes that you're getting hits on Cade Klubnik, you're having him throw off his back foot, you're not letting him step into the pocket, that's going to be a big part of it as well is, you know, getting that really good push up the middle. When Notre Dame's defense is rolling this year, they push right up the middle. When Cade Klubnik gets in trouble, it's when he has to spin out and try to make things, um, you know, uh, make things happen on the outside. Those are situations where he'll make mistakes. He'll throw the ball down the field. He'll, he'll you know, th- in throw an incompletion, throw a pick it just comes down to getting him out of sync. And when he does run and he does scramble, got to get hits on him because he's still a slight guy. So to me, it, it's it's the same as we talk about it. It's the same game plan he had against, not the same game plan, but same point of emphasis he had against Caleb Williams. Same point of emphasis he had against Jack Plummer. Same point of emphasis he had against Riley Leonard. Same point of emphasis he had against Kyle McCord. And when you pressured Kyle McCord, the Ohio State offense struggled to score. When you backed off and didn't pressure him, he made throws that hurt you. And so right. it's been a consistent theme. When you've got a talented quarterback, and especially a young quarterback, you can't let him get into rhythm. And so that's going to be key number two because they don't have bat. like we've said a lot, and it's true, they don't have the weapons on the perimeter that they used to have. They don't. But it's not like their guys are bums, no. right? These are still good football players. The tight end is a talented football player. Yep. I mean, he is a he, he's a guy that concerns me a little Burn, bit because he's tall. School. Yeah. Yes, and you get him matched up against Notre Dame six foot one linebackers, and you know J.D. Bertrand or Jack Kaiser, he can do some damage. You know, Ad- Adam Randall's a guy that I'm just waiting to break out. You know, like he's he's Clemson's version of Tobias Merriweather. Like you see the talent, it's obvious. He just hasn't hopefully not figured it week. out yet. Right? Not you got to gotta stage, make yeah. sure it's not this week. Right? That's the key. Yeah. And the way that you make sure it's not this week is to is to pressure Kade Klubnik early and often that's a key. Yeah. If he's thrown off his back foot if his if you can speed up this kid's process, he's in trouble. And it's that's not cuz he's not a good player, it's not because he stinks or he's overrated, it's cuz he's, he's young. young. Yeah. Exactly. That's what yeah. it comes down to. And you just can't let him get cuz cuz he is confident and he is talented. So on the flip side, Ryan, if he does have time, if things do slow down for him, that's where Kate Klubnik can give you a lot of problems because I I know that everybody's likes to bash the kid now. This is this kid is dangerous for Notre Dame. If you don't pressure him, he's dangerous. If you pressure him, he's going to look like a young quarterback and make mistakes. But you can't let this be his "I've arrived" moment. Let that be next week. Let that be against North Carolina in a couple weeks or something. Just don't let it be this week. That's. I almost wanted to make that point number one, Ryan, but I felt like number one built to number two. Like it leads like the best way to shut you know to slow Kate Klubnick down is to not let them run the ball. And then now all the pressure is on him. But man, I, I wanted to put this number one because this kid, this kid probably scared, not scares me, uh, but just concerns me more than anything else. If he gets going, mm-hmm. he can hurt you. And I know it yeah. hasn't happened yet, but it, it it's going to happen to somebody. Cade Klumnik is going to have that. Um, I've grown up moment. It's going to happen. You just got to make sure it's not on November 4th. That's got to be the right. key.
1: Well, I mean, he he is a kid because no quarterback wants to get pressured. Like, no quarterback has ever been like, you know what? I want to get pressured because I want to ball out. Like, no no one does that, right? No one does that in their mind. But when you're young, especially, and inexperienced, that's where a lot of turnover-worthy plays happen. That's where a lot of inconsistency happens. That's where accuracy kind of goes out the window and you become a little yeah. bit erratic, right? And Cape Klubnick is no different to that fact. But, I mean, we saw... We saw Caleb Williams when he's getting pressured and those types of things as a third-year player, a guy that had just torched Notre Dame the year before in key situations, struggle in that capacity and struggle to improvise and get around that pressure and to be able to fight back against that pressure. And if you could do that against Caleb Williams, if you do that against some of the other quarterbacks
3: from the schedule, yeah. Riley Leonard had similar issues. He was sub-50% thrown against Notre Dame.
1: Yep, and if you could do it against those kids – You can certainly do it against Cape Klubnik, but again, I agree. There is going to be a game where it all clicks and things start moving in the right direction. Everyone has that moment. Happens at different times for different people, but there's always that game for everyone that played that the game just slows down and things just look like it's happening at a different pace. And hopefully this doesn't happen for Cade this week. Hopefully it doesn't. But you have to, in order for it to not happen, Getting early yeah. pressure is, is a big thing, right? Because then it's right. he's gonna go back in his mental process of like, oh man, here we go again. Here we go again. And it's gonna be another one of those games.
3: As a young quarterback, he's still close enough to his high school days where he thinks he can just throw the ball up to Jaden Greathouse and go make a play. Like he makes throws thinking that's going to happen. And that's what I always say. He's like, that doesn't happen in college, right? Like you've got to, you know, you this is a different ball game. You can't you've got to be yeah. able to make smarter throws. And and he's starting to get to that point now, Ryan, where he's starting to pressure. He's starting to press. Yeah. I think he feels the heat. He hears the he hears the noise, and you could see him. He he feels the pressure. Not not so much like when, when I mean pressure. I don't mean it so much of like you know the fans are getting to him. I just mean like right. he knows this offense is the problem. I'm the quarterback. I've made some bad plays and some big moments. I've got to make up for that. I've got to carry this team. I've got to do, and that's not something that a sophomore should uh, should be doing. And unless you're just a unique type of player in a unique situation, like Caleb Williams was last year in a very unique situation, and and he, he if if he's not comfortable, he'll press and he'll make mistakes, and that's how Notre Dame can right. blow this game out. But it it all boils down to Ryan. It it still comes down to you've got to you've got to win in the trenches, and then that leads to, to point number three. It all builds on each other. Early down success. That's that's a huge part of this game huge part of this game, Ryan, is early down success. The more you let Clemson stay on schedule, the better they'll be. The exact opposite is true. The more you put Clemson in harder to to convert situations on second and third down, so not just third down, but second down as well, the more second and 10s, the more second and 11s, the more second and 9s you put Clemson in, the better opportunities you have to make stops. And so early down success is going to be key because the way that they can have success running the ball and have Kate have be successful is get in second and twos, get in third and twos, where it's like, hey, we still have all the options on the table. And so those things all play together. Early down success is going to be huge for Notre Dame in this game.
1: Well, of the games I've watched, foundationally, it seems like they do want to run a lot of RPO action out of things, right? Everything kind of works off that run game. So they are rhythm-based offense, right? And it's very easy to be a rhythm-based RPO system when you're constantly in second and fives, second and fours, third and twos. Like that's kind of the 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 pace that you want to play with and kind of the the just working through that structure consistently. So when you put a team in a second and eleven, that's a rhythm-based offense, that's Takes the rhythm out, you know. Like you've uh, you have to get off schedule a little bit. You have to get off out of your comfort zone a little bit. And I think that that is, if Clemson is clicking and just as consistently being kind of a methodical offense, that's the worst case scenario. I'm not worried about Clemson creating a bunch of big plays in this game. I'm really not. I'm not worried about you know that the outside receivers going for not if Notre Dame plays their game,
3: right. right? It would have to. It would have and, to play. The, they're not focused. They're not playing hard. Right. They're not right? It's not going to happen with uh, Notre Dame's doing what they're supposed to do. And those Clemson guys are no. just too good to stop.
1: No, nothing I've seen from the secondary for Notre Dame, Cam Hart, Benjamin Morrison, Xavier Watts, the other backup corners, Christian Gray, Jade Mickey, nothing this year has showed me that they are going to be in a bad position and just let guys loose. I haven't seen anything that kind of leads me to that distinction, but I think that, and I don't think Clemson's, pass receivers as of today are necessarily those guys that are going to thrive off of a bunch of big plays, right? Like they're not creating a bunch of explosives. They are a team right now until they change their identity a little bit is a team that wants to just keep it moving, man. Keep the sticks moving. Let's put together longer drives. Let's keep this thing on schedule. Notre Dame needs to make that uncomfortable. And the best way to make that uncomfortable is put them behind the sticks. Second and one. 3rd and 9, I mean 2nd and 11, excuse me, 3rd and 9, third and 8, second and 12. Like you want to keep a team 2nd and 10. Like you just want to keep negatives or just nothing, right? Nothing each play, early downs, and then that'll, that'll put them into a tough spot. It'll put them into a really tough spot against this team.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?
3: They're going to hit a couple plays. I mean, NC State hit a couple plays. It just can't be that consistent stuff, right? It it can't be. And it can't be scoring plays, you know, and and that's going to, like you said, that's going to be the key. And then number four, Ryan, again, shut down the run game, get Cade Klubnik off, just off, just out of, speed up his process, speed up his feet, speed up his arm, and then put them in tough situations on second and longs, third and longs, and all of a sudden, boom, you get the football and and that's going to be a big part of it right it's it's this is a team that has put the ball on the ground more than i think any team in college i know they've lo- i'm pretty sure they've lost more fumbles than any team in college football Sounds and right. yes i believe they have lost 10 they're second to last yeah nebraska has lost 11 they've lost 10 and when you look at where they rank as far as fumbles on the ground they rank 122nd in most fumbles and then two of the teams three of the teams behind them have played one more game, so they've put the ball on the ground sixteen times. That's two per game. They're averaging over one lost fumble per game. When the ball's on the ground, you've got to get it. You've got you now. First of all, be in position to make the plays and get them out of sync and all that kind of stuff. He's doesn't make and, and you know you've said he's only thrown five picks and that's true, Ryan. But I, I will say he. He has put himself in position where he could throw a few more picks against better defenses, and this is that defense. And you've got to because he he does have a, a, a stronger arm than I think people realize, and he doesn't know how to throw with touch a lot. Like he puts heat on everything, uh, you know. And I'm being a bit hyperbolic, but not too much. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot, a have lot some of chances overpros, A lot of yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Agreed. And if he's doing those things on his heels, just like the Pit Kid last week. Why did he throw the second interception to Xavier Watts? Because he was trying to throw over the middle, but he's throwing off of his back foot because he was getting pressured and the ball sailed. Boom. You know, get a shot at – he's trying to throw a deep route and maybe your corner gets beat. Here's the thing, Ryan, like your corner actually gets beat. Adam Randall beats him off the line and he's dropping back and he's going to throw that goal route, but here comes Riley Mills right in his face or Howard Cross and he's got to throw that ball over top and it floats and next thing you know that's how – Ramon Henderson or Xavier Watts or DJ Brown has time to get over and make a play on it or the corner has time to recover, you know, so there's going to be those opportunities in this game to get the football. Number one, you've got to create those opportunities. Number one, and that's point one, two, and 3. And then when those opportunities come, you got to get the football, got to get the football. And when a team is struggling this much, and this is where the confidence part comes from, Ryan, if you eliminate turning the ball over this Clemson team can score. That's a simple fact. I mean, guys, they rank seventh in college football in most trips into the red zone. They can get into the red zone. They just haven't been able to score. Why haven't they been able to score? They turn the ball over a ton. And yeah. and and their field goal kicker is not very good either, which is, a, you know, you could we could throw that into a key as well as make them kick field goals because they have a 50-50 shot at making it right now. But when, when you get those shots, get the ball. Because if Notre Dame can jump out, this – Ties back to the if Notre Dame can get off to a fast start offensively and Notre Dame can accomplish these things, this game could get out of hand. It, it really could. I don't know that it will, but it sure. could, right? right? Just like it could have against Florida State, but Florida State's dot D line or O line got their butts kicked in the first half by Clemson. Fact. Okay. That allowed it. Clemson was able to make some big plays early because Clemson, uh, Florida State's defensive line wasn't putting the pressure. On Florida, on Clemson that, that other teams have or that they have on other teams. They weren't rattling Cade Klubnik early. They were allowing the run game to generate plays. Will Shipley was making plays in the screen game. Like they were doing all the things we're saying. You can't let them do. They were doing it early against Florida State. And that's why at one point in time they led Florida State by 10. Right. And so you can't you can't allow that to happen against sure. them, in my opinion, because this is a much more ex- they got a lot more experience under the belt now than they did when they played four state and they'll be in better position to be able to, to kind of overcome those things. That's why jumping on them early is important because that's how the snowball happens. In my opinion, you get them behind. And now all of a sudden Cade Klubnik is like, I got to go make a play. That's exactly where you want him to be in this game. I may not want him to be there next year and two years or whatever, but right now that's where I want him to be. And so that's, those are the keys. Those are the, those are the, those are the important parts. Last thing, Ryan, special teams wise, this is very much a do no harm game. If you make a play great, that's never a bad thing. Block a punt, return a punt. I mean, they've scored a touchdown on special teams. These are the last two games. If they can keep that streak going phenomenal, but the sure. big key is do no harm. And the last time Notre Dame was played at Clemson, they lost a fumble on a kick return and they shanked a punt. They gave Clemson a 25 yard field. Right. You can't have those mistakes in this game. Can't get points when you get them, win the field position battle, protect the football. That's yeah, so huge in this game, right? So huge. Well,
1: and the special teams is really rounding into shape now. After some early season struggles, they're starting to play a lot better football now. We've seen a kickoff return and the kickoff return units starting to look a little bit better, which has been great. Spencer Schrader is becoming more consistent of a field goal kicker. It's fantastic. Good. Punting has been pretty solid most of the year for the for the bigger part of it. We saw Chris Tyree obviously take a punt back, which was a big boost. I mean, you have three kids right now that are averaging over 10 yards per punt return, by the way. I know Matt Salerno isn't playing right now, but like, all right, punt return average is pretty good right now. Cool. You're starting to cover a little bit better. I mean, so the special teams has been a unit that started rough but has really taken its game to the next yep. level down the course of this season. So shout out to Marty Biagi, yep. who, is, who is really, Biagi, excuse me, that has really gotten that unit starting to play a lot better. Players are starting to make plays, which you obviously want to see. And if this is a game where Notre Dame is able to make another big play on special teams, great. But I agree with you, kind of like the no turnover thing, don't shoot yourselves in the foot on special right. teams, man. No muff right. punts, no stupid coverage mistakes no you know letting a guy loose on a punt uh, like they're just stuff like that man like just just be, be solid be solid all yeah. across the board And if you can excel great but if you don't you're
3: fine as well you're fine so like notre dame hasn't blocked any punts this year okay right and and mm-hmm. that that part of the game is not as good but like you said i think you nailed it Ryan. it's not just the returns those are sexy. Those are the sexy plays. Those are the that gives you points. They've broken a kick return. They've almost broken two other kick returns in the last two games. Uh, they broke a punt return this last game with Chris Tyree. But to your point, Ryan, look at the kick return average the last two weeks. Number one, Louisville had no kick returns. They just kept kicking out of bounds, which I'm totally fine with. Yep. But also, the last three weeks, USC and, and and Pitt both had three returns. They both averaged under 16 yards per return. Like They were good? pinning people deep. That's huge. You look at the punt return game and, in and, and, uh, five of your last six games, teams have averaged 3.5, 8, 7, 7, and minus six. The one exception was USC. And that was just because that kid's going to be the most dynamic punt returner, kick returner. We've seen in college football since Devin Hester, in my opinion, like probably he's yeah. going to, he's going to, he's going to be like, he's going to do for USC in the return game the next th- two years, what rocket did at Notre Dame. I mean, he, We'll see what kind of receiver he becomes. I think he's going to be a good receiver, too. But I know for a fact he's going to be a a, a game changer in the return game. And he just made a great play. I mean, he cut back, and it's just like Clemson doesn't have Zachariah Branch. That, that, that's what it comes down to. Outside of him making that one play, the kick, the pump coverage team has also been very good. So, yeah. yes, if you're not going to have the sexy plays, the pump blocks, and, and those type of things, that's fine. I mean, those are nice, too. But you better at least be good in coverage. And that's where I'll give Marty Biaggi credit because that's an area where Brian Mason's units weren't good last year. If we're gonna be honest, Brian Mason did a lot of good things at Notre Dame last year. Big returns and great coverage were not necessarily areas where they were great. They were great in the pump blocks and, and field position because those pump blocks force type of things, but they were prone to give up 15, 20 yard returns and things like that. And they're they're doing a much better job of that this season. I mean, if you look, if you look at the average, Ryan, uh, you know, last year, Notre Dame on, on kick returns. Uh, Let me pull this up here real quick. Last season on Notre Dame, Notre Dame gave up uh, 19.4 yards per kick return, right? This year, they're giving up 21.3 because of how bad they were early. But if you look at the trends of the last four games, they're sub-20. And and it's actually sub-18. That's where you want to be. So they're definitely trending in the right direction. you got to finish strong that way. That's going to be an important key. I agree.
1: Yep, you have to. I mean that that is a as is a part of the unit. There's a part of the team right now that is trending in a great direction. So, mm-hmm. be able to maintain
3: that momentum yep. absolutely. In big picture Ryan, before we go on to keys to victory, that's the big thing about this game. Notre Dame is definitely surging, right? In all phases of the game. Now, the offense has had their moments in the last two games where they weren't great, but overall they're still playing much better than they had. The defense right. is playing lights-out football. The special teams is getting better. They're combining big plays with consistency. Like you said, they're doing the things – they're getting the snaps down. They're getting the holds down. They're making their kicks. I mean, the biggest miss they've had in the last few games is an extra point, you know, when it was 37 and nothing, right? Like, okay, you can't have that, but, like, that's a – you know, you're doing good in coverage, and and now you're also making some plays. It's They're surging. They just have to continue that against Clemson. And if they accomplish these keys – they'll not only win but they'll win convincingly it's just it it sounds great but it's much harder much harder said than done we're going to go to our game predictions next but before we do folks do us a favor hit that like button hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell and share this podcast